Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nosed and Drew Stoltz. The 21-22 PGA Tour season is in the books. Rory McIlroy with an incredible comeback. Six shots back of world number one, Scotty Scheffler, claims his third FedEx Cup title. Sleaze, we've, we've talked a lot about this format of the FedEx Cup at the Tour Championship, how we like it, how we don't like it. It looked like it was going to be a snooze fest on Sunday. Six-shot lead for world number one. Uh, boy, was it not, though. It was extremely exciting coming down the stretch. That was like the dream situation for the PJ Tour. Because like you said, six-shot lead, the way Scotty finished that third round, the birdies. I was like, dude, this thing, a couple birdies early from Scotty, if he just stays on that form, this thing's done. And maybe Rory presses the envelope a little bit, tries to make something happen, makes a bogey or two. Like, this could be a 8-10 shot snooze fest. And it happened quick, too. That thing all of a sudden became a ball game. And then you got two of the best in the world. I think if you could script this thing for the PJ Tour going into the week, like, who do you want battling in this thing? I'll take Scotty, the guy who's been yeah. the best all year. And I'll take Rory, who's for sure the most outspoken guy, proponent of the PJ Tour with all that's going on with Liv right now. Have those two guys battling down the stretch. And shit, if you didn't get that. I mean, it ended up being a home run. Could have been really bad. And now I think like they're going to look at the format and be like, see, told you it works. We've got two of the best in the world. Yeah. Battling. I agree. I mean, it had to happen perfectly for Rory to play a really good round of golf and Scotty to play really poorly. But he brought a lot of guys back into the mix. Sung J.M. was right there. It looked like for a little bit, if Justin Thomas got hot, he could make a run. Max Homa, same kind of thing. But Rory did it with his putter on Sunday. It was special to watch the 30-footer on 15 for birdie. The incredible up and down after the great break on 16. Made a lot of key six to eight footers for par that really kept him in it. Um, it was, he got it done in a much different way, I thought. But to win your third title, $18 million. Hello, friends. That's what he needs. Finally, he can breathe easy. Rory, no more financial stress for, for Rory. But yeah, like going back to the Open Championship, what did he do? Two putted every hole, made no putts, zero putts over 10 feet. People like, you, you got to do something. You got to make something happen on the greens. He did it yesterday. He had four putts over 10 feet, uh, including that big one you said on the par three late. Um, but he also made a lot of like key par saves up mm -hmm. and down that you mentioned. Like it wasn't just. 10 feet and beyond. He made four of those, but there was a lot of like six, eight footers and ended up being, I mean, it had to happen exactly that way. Rory had to go out and put a number up and yes, you had to have Scotty not on his game because Scotty goes and shoots two under. I mean, damn, it, it ain't happening. It's going to be hit. He shoots even parts over. Even it's done most likely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, even no, if you it, give it Rory a crazy day of like a 62, it's like, all right, something's going to have to happen. And, and, and they got it. Um, yeah. So after all that, it worked out perfectly. Do you like the format? Would you tweak it? Because I'm still anti-handicap. I'm just, I, I, it bothers me when people bitch about it, but they don't have a solution. Like, oh, this sucks. I'm like, okay, well, then what's better? Because right now we can't figure out something that everyone's happy with. I don't think you're ever going to find something where everyone is happy. You know, I've said, I, I told you today on our SiriusXM show, I kind of like the idea with it now being 70 guys to start the playoffs. Yeah, it's tight now. Yeah, so they're going 70, 50, 30. Let's go 70, 50. Top 10 only get into East Lake. You throw all that money out there. 10th place is a million bucks. First place is 18 million. And you all start at zero. You got the top 10 guys for the whole season going to East Lake. We're going to tee it up. $18 million for the winner. I don't care if you're in first or 10th going into East Lake. That's what I want at East Lake. It's like, all right, you're going to reward your Scotties for the year that they had, right? He's the number one seed. He had by far, far and away the best season out there. Well, your reward is like you get to East Lake really without doing anything. You get to the finals. You're getting multiple buys. Best team in football, they get buys in the playoffs, but then they got to go and play. I just want to see at East Lake whether it's you got a name that's not the biggest name in golf coming down the stretch winning the thing, or it is the Rory's and the Scotties coming down the stretch. Like, dude, it's hard to get there. And the guys at the top that had the monster years, they're going to be there no matter what. They booked their ticket to Eastlake. Cool. Now let's play a real golf tournament. These are the 30 best. It's hard as shit to get to Eastlake. It's everyone's goal. 
at the beginning of the year and you hype this tournament up all year like the race to east lake the race to east lake all right well now we're here let's make it so more than half the field has a chance to win it i would just like to see it be a straight up event because if we're being honest like if live which we've criticized a lot of their stuff 54 hole shotgun like this is mickey mouse this is rinky dink this isn't real golf and then you throw your premier event at the end of the year and it's handicapped it's like you could make that same argument for that i just want to see everyone have a chance see that's where i disagree with you like it the live thing gets criticized because that's how every single tournament is this is one tournament they're right. trying to figure out the season long's best and that's why i think if you if you narrowed it down to 10 guys maybe 12 guys i don't know i i think and they all battle it out from zero you really didn't tell me if you like that idea or not. I wouldn't mind a shorter field at Eastlake and everybody starts at zero. It'd be a shorter coverage. It'd be all the best players. It's hard as shit to get there. You mentioned on a radio show, like, all right, starting at 70 next year, after the first cut, make it 30. And all those 30 mm -hmm. guys get all the rewards that these guys get for getting to Eastlake, yeah, get the exemptions 30, yeah. and the majors and all the stuff. But then for the final final, we shrink it down even more. Like, dude, this is the creme de la creme. These are the guys. And it's shorter and everyone starts at zero. I don't really care necessarily what the number is. I like it to be small, 30, maybe right. Maybe it's smaller than that. But just everybody started the same. No, oh, I'm eight shots back before I tee up on Monday or on Thursday. It's like you're going to do some things a little bit different, I think, if you're if you're trying to press. And it's like all the stars have to align for you to have a shot. It's like these are your best guys. This is your biggest event. You touted all year. Let's let's give everyone in the field that earned their way there a chance to win the thing. Well, that'd be my take. Yeah, I mean, there's like I said, I think they're going to continue to tinker with it. Um, but I'm with you. I, I, and I think you got to stick to stroke play. I think the match play gets a little dicey. But either way, Roy McIlroy is your FedEx Cup champion. His third title. No one has ever won more than two. So congrats to Roy McIlroy. And I know, Sleaze, you had a hell of a weekend. You were up Oof. in the Hamptons sipping on your doers. And if you're in the trap, you're going to want a sand wedge. If you're shooting uphill from the cabbage, you're going to want a pitching wedge. If you're looking for the perfect cocktail for the 19th hole or watching golf on TV, you're going to want a Dewar's Lemon Wedge. It's a light, refreshing, totally seasonable cocktail made with Dewar's 12-year-old lemonade and club soda, then garnished with a lemon wedge. If you really want to make it authentic, stick a golf tee through the lemon before dropping it in the glass. A clean tee, please. Find the recipe at Dewar's.com. Make a batch for your buddies or just enjoy one yourself. Either way, you'll be sipping on the cocktail made for golf, the Dewar's Lemon Wedge. From Dewar's, the most awarded blended scotch whiskey in history. Enjoy responsibly. And it's now time for the cheers, Dewar's Cheers moment of the week. Sleaze, take it away. I enjoyed maybe somewhat irresponsibly this week. I'm going to be the first to own up to it. Okay. Uh, but just had the trip. You mentioned had a little birthday party for Billy Swancutt up in uh, the Hamptons. Had a great lineup of golf courses. We played Garden City. We played Southampton. We played... Friars Head, and we played Laurel Links. It was awesome. The golf was spectacular. Billy Kreitzik, shout out to you. You know Billy Boy. The mm -hmm. legend. They do not get any better than Billy. He was shotgunning beers on virtually every hole. We had a blast. This is my doer's moment of the week. I'm going to make it just like the funniest moment of the week, right? So we would go out to dinner one night, and it's like the this is the night we're going to really we're gonna really go. Have a great dinner. It's overlooking the water. All the bougie stuff you do in the Hamptons, right? So we get done. Pinky like, up. Yeah, pinky up the whole time. Sweater around the neck. No, I didn't have that, but that was definitely the play. Um, so we get done, we're like, we don't want to leave, dude. We're just getting into it. So we go hang out by the bar for a while, right? All the fellows are drinking, ladies are there, all different stuff. We're having a good time. There's these two chairs that are right next to a fireplace. Fireplace isn't on because it's nice out, but there's been people sitting in these chairs the whole time. It's a great spot. Finally, these two people get up, chairs empty out. Well, immediately my wife goes on a beeline down there. She's going to rest those tooters quick, right? Let the paws take a little breather. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll wander over there and talk to her for a few minutes. I've been talking with the fellows the whole time. Start making my way over there, grab my drink. Boom. Two seconds later, older gentleman sits down. I was like, oh, well, what do, what do we have here? Maybe I'll just sit back and watch. So I work my way back. DA Swanee, Billy. I'm like, look at this, look at this. Look what's going on over here. This dude's hitting on my wife. So we're watching. 
I'm sneaky filming it. I got pictures. I got the whole. Were I'm you like, sneaky I'm filming? I'm clapping it? it. Well, I thought I was sneaky, but I'll tell you in a second. It maybe wasn't as sneaky as I thought. So they're talking, and I'm laughing, and we're having a good time. And I'm like, shit, this is going on a little longer than it should be. When my wife gonna tell him to piss off? You know what I mean? Doesn't. Uh, they're having a conversation. Apparently, he sees me. He's like, uh, is that your boy? Is that your boy over there? The one that's clapping and filming right now? And she's like, yeah. That's him. So anyway, she gets done. She works her way over and we're giving her shit like, whoa, Jesus Christ. Fucking how long of a conversation you have with this dude? And you tell him about me or whatever. Come to find out the dude, he looked a little bit familiar. He's on the Today Show. Mm. And he's like, oh, you mean that? He's like, yeah, uh, I got the spot on the Today Show whenever I want. So there's a dude on the Today Show. And I was like, that son of a. Dude's he's on national television, but you're on a little podcast. Told him, told her everything he does, all the different shows he has, all this stuff. I'm like, that son of a bitch. Like trying to grease my wife right in front of me after he saw me video and the whole thing. So anyways, I am on a um, indefinite boycott of the day show. Not that I'm ever up early enough to watch it, but if I was, I'm not watching the thing. And uh, I would recommend all of our listeners do the same thing because there's one guy there that um, tried to snake my wife right in front of my face. Darn, they're only down to like 5.99 million viewers a day now. And he's like, do you want to get in my helicopter and fly back? I was like, Jesus, how am I, what am I, how am I supposed to compete? So that was my moment of the week. My wife didn't leave with him, though. Well, cheers, old fella. Yeah, congrats on trying to steal, steal your wife away from you. Yes, his name will not be mentioned. All right. Well, last week, we had one of the captains on the show, Trevor Immelman, the International President's Cup team captain. This week, another one. We got DL3, Davis Love the Third, joining us to talk about the President's Cup. What's going on with Liv? He's been very outspoken about it. Let's get to it. Here's Davis Love the Third on Golf Subpar. All right, we got a World Golf Hall of Famer in the house with us here today. He's a major champ, two-time players champ. He's been a Ryder Cup captain, and he's about to lead our boys into battle at the President's Cup at Quail Hollow. He is Davis Love the Third. What's up, DL? How's it going, guys? Happy to be on your show. We've been talking about this since the Masters, haven't we, Colt? We have. We have been talking about it a lot, but we've both been rather busy, I know. You've been in, yeah. uh, in the news quite a bit lately, which I love seeing. I love uh, all the things you've been saying about this live tour and everything that's going on, so we might as well just dive right into it, Davis. Before we get into the fun stuff, which is the President's Cup, um, you've made some interesting comments lately about the live tour, and I just want you to kind of expand on those because I think all three of us here are kind of on the same page with it. Well, um, <laughs> I, I don't want to expand on them. I'll just keep repeating them. Uh, okay, perfect. I, well, I thought you were saving the good stuff for us. Unfortunately, well, there's some new stuff. You know, every day there's new stuff. Um, you know, we just had last week um, during the Memphis tournament, we had that first little peek behind the window of what the court case is going to look like. So that was very interesting. Um, you know, it, it's just sad, though, that we're talking about the President's Cup coming up. We're talking about the FedEx Cup playoffs. And all we're worried about is, is anybody else going to leave after, you know, is Zalatoris, now he won, is he safe? Um, what's Cam Young? He didn't play well. What's he going to do? Um, what's Cam Smith going to do? Um, what's Joaquin Neiman going to do? It's, it's um, you know, Tim Fincham always, when we had a, a tough situation, he said, well, it's just a, a distraction. Well, yeah, this is a big distraction to what's going on golf. But you get into the playoff last week and it's like, all right, all right, this is exciting. Um, I don't think they're ever going to have that kind of excitement in the 54-hole exhibition match that's a shotgun start. Um, so I don't know where it's going to go. You guys have a better perspective on what's going on. I'm just in a little bubble trying to fight for my President's Cup team and trying to fight for the PGA Tour. And it's going to be a long court battle, unfortunately. 
Yeah, and DL, like, as we're recording this right now, Tiger Woods has flown up to Delaware. He's meeting with a bunch of the players, I guess, kind of to, quote-unquote, rally the troops. Did you see this coming? What kind of an impact does that have when a guy like Tiger, if you're a guy who's being rumored or maybe on the fence, there's an impact, like, having a guy like Tiger Woods come in and kind of vouch for the PGA Tour? What kind of impact will that have? Well, we could talk for an hour, probably, on what Tiger has meant to the PGA Tour, what he's meant the last six months. Um, he's... He's now he's taken a step into the public saying um, I'm with the PGA tour. I'm here for the future of the PGA tour. You know, obviously we heard he turned down a bunch of money, but behind the scenes, he's been talking to players, talking to the golf organizations. Um, if he wants to get up in front of a microphone and tell everything he's been doing, he can do that. But he and Rory have been, spending more time talking to Jay Monahan and to others probably than any other two players other than the board members, you know, Roy's on the board. Um, I think it's really been, been hurting Kevin Kisner's game because he's put so much time as a board member into this over the last six months. But um, it's great that he's going. I, I heard that Ricky Fowler might've gone with him um, mm -hmm, to the yeah. meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I was asked yesterday in the media, I said, well, I don't know. I'm, I got my yacht tracker and my flight tracker going to see where, Tiger, <laughs> where Tiger's going, if he's going or not. Um, it just makes a big statement that, um, hey, what Jay said a few weeks ago was very important. Regulations written by the players for the players. And, and see, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing I don't think people understand is, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're independent contractors. How can they force them? These rules and regulations are written by the players. And I don't think people understand that. You're exactly right. So independent contractor is a bad term, I think, because, Colt, you and I, the beginning of every year, what do we do? We pay our dues and we join an organization and then they put rules on us. And so I'm a Hall of Fame member. I'm a life member of the PGA Tour, right? I'm only playing in a PGA Tour event in Detroit because I'm a life member, not because I finished in the 125 last year. So what if I say the commitment deadline's Friday, but what if I say on Tuesday, I decide I want to play the PGA Tour event that week? Hey, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm a life member. I just want to play. I'm not going to, that rule doesn't apply to me. No, I didn't commit by Friday. I don't get to play no matter what. That's what Phil Mickelson and these guys are saying the rules don't apply to me because I'm a big shot. We want to go somewhere else and join another league that has rules, but we want to come back to the league we left and play a couple tournaments. No, no, no right sane person. If a, if a player on the Braves says, you know what? The Japanese baseball league is going to pay me a lot of money. So I'm going to go over there and play but when it's the playoffs and the Braves make it I want to come back no you, you took money from another team and you left the team you were on it it just doesn't make any sense so um players are realizing that more now that hey yeah if Tiger Woods and Roy are helping write rules and Kevin Kisner and Charlie Hoffman have been voting on these rules then we do make the rules and we can change them to suit the future of PGA Tour golf. Things are going to change. They changed in 1994 because of what Greg Norman brought up. 
and it changed for the better. Um, but if you do it within the system and you don't leave, you get the benefit of that. And that's what Greg Norman left the system in 1994. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to ask a question just kind of like around the origin of all this, because that's kind of the narrative that's been that's been put out there is that Norman basically had the idea or the proposal of what would eventually become the WGC events. And the tour basically took that idea from him. Uh, and and that's where WGC was born. And he's had a vendetta since then. Is that accurate? Or is there anything else people need to know about that? No, that that is the result. Yes. So, Greg proposed top 30 players he brought it up in the middle of the shark shootout whenever that was in like november um and said i've got fox we're going to do this but it was the same thing we're going to play the week before the majors we're going to play eight tournaments so it wasn't just um 70 or it wasn't the world golf championship format that fit within the pga tour system it was another another league that was going to play eight events um, up against PGA Tour events. Well, that that just doesn't work. And back then, we asked the exact same questions I would ask Greg Norman right now. Where do your next 48 players come from? Yep. Right? He's stealing yep. them from the PGA Tour now. But where do they come from? So here, here's what we're going to see in this long court battle, and the, the fans will eventually recognize this, and some of the players that don't really get it. The live tour wants to be the big tour and they want the NCAA, the Asian tour, the DP world tour, Europe, and the PGA tour to feed players to their tour. They don't want to coexist. There is no coexisting in the, they want to play 14 events next year and their players be allowed to play everywhere else in the world that they want to play because they're, they're the best players in the world and they do not want to coexist with the PGA tour or the EP world tour. And, and Davis, that's one thing I get asked all the time is like, why can't they coexist? And I mean, you, you just said a great explanation there. And I said this from the other side, it's like, look at guys like Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, they've stayed loyal to the PGA tour. If somehow the PGA tour and the live merged, how do you think those guys are going to feel when you're like, okay, so Dustin Johnson got to go over here and get 150 million. Now he gets to come back and play in the same tournaments that I'm playing in. Like, how is that fair to them? Play the biggest. Yeah. It, it's not fair. Um, yeah. So the structure of the PGA tour is my foundation owns and operates a PGA tour event. Tiger's foundation owns and operates a PGA tour event. Jack Nicholas and the Arnold Palmer family. The PGA tour doesn't own those tournaments. Mm-hmm. Our foundation owns those tournaments. And so we are selling to a sponsor saying, there's a chance that these 200 guys could play in your tournament from number one to number 200 can get in this tournament. If I go to sell that next year and I say, well, these 48 guys, they're on this other tour. They're only going to play the players and a couple other tournaments. They're not going to play in my tournament. Well, the, our business model just falls apart. And that's what people need to understand is those guys are employees of another golf league that's going to play the same weeks as PGA tournaments. We can't sell that to FedEx. That, that doesn't work. So we have to be able to say we have rules and regulations that say that Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Will Zalatoris, they have to play 15 events of our schedule minimum. Then we can go sell it. And that's what people have to understand is 
it's worked for 30 or 40 years really well. Billy Horschel is a member of the world, I mean, the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, the European Tour. Rory McIlroy is a member of both. It works. Mm -hmm. You can play wherever you want as long as you play by the rules of their tour or the Asian tour or our tour. Yeah, and one thing you, you said right there is, you know, you go sell it to these sponsors. And that's one thing I don't think Jay and the PGA Tour get enough credit for. Because you look at this other tour, they got unlimited money. They got no sponsors and all this. And people are like, this is how TV should be, blah, 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 all this. But I don't think we give Jay and the PGA Tour enough credit. Like, they have to go out to these individual sponsors, whether it's Valspar, whether it's Farmers. And they have to sell them this product. And they have to get basically 48 different sponsors. I know some of them are overlapping, but they do 48 different title sponsors. That's incredible. And called on the board, they gave us a presentation one time. They said there's Fortune 400 companies, right? And you start whittling it down to the companies that can afford, the companies that can market on the PGA Tour, the companies that would be a sponsor, that do corporate entertainment. It's down to maybe 40 companies that we can sell to that could replace a sponsor that comes. It's not like there's thousands of companies that we're selling to. It's a very small market. There's very few AT&Ts and Coca-Colas and RBCs that are willing to get into sponsoring a PGA Tour event. Just like NASCAR or just like Formula One, there's not that many companies that are going to put that kind of money into a specific sport. So, yes, they do an incredible job. When we have a whole... They always seem to fill it. How many, How long has it been since the tournament's just gone dark or we've had a hole in the schedule? Even through COVID, even through the dot-com bust, we never really said, oh, we, we lost five tournaments this year. Sorry, guys. You don't get to play yeah. for it. Our purses have never gone down. They've rarely gone flat. That's what you go to into court and you say, look at this model we have. Look at the growth in the last 20 years. Our rules and regulations and our system works for hundreds of people, not the top 40. Yeah. And Davis, let me ask you this, because I think it's fair to say at this point, like live golf is, has become a disruptor, right? It's throwing a wrinkle in things. It's, it's making some waves. And I know hindsight is 2020, but, and Jay Monahan was dealt a tough hand in all this, but seeing how things are now, is there anything that could have been done earlier to navigate this differently? If you had a crystal I've, been ball. Asked, I've been asked that a lot. I, I, I don't know. Jay has known the behind the scenes stuff for a lot longer than a lot of us, especially me. The board's been working on this for well over a year. So it was always going to be, um, in my estimation, a hostile takeover, not a, hey, we want to be partners with you guys. They've always wanted to play against our tournaments and we have current contracts that just can't allow that. So no, I, I don't think there is. And you know, that's again, that is hindsight, but what we have to understand is Jay never said, or the players, the top players never said, you can't do that. You can live, can do whatever they want. They can play whenever and wherever they want. They just, we just can't play, give you a release. Davis Love can't have a release to go play. If they invite me to go play the week after the tour championship, I can't get a release to go play in that based on our rules. And I think I taught, had a great talk with Dustin Johnson. I've had a couple talks with, with Hudson Swafford. We're, we're still amicable. I just disagree with their decision. And they have to understand my position is 
I support the PGA tour rules and you can go do whatever you want. Why don't you just go do it and not sue to play on the PGA tour? And what we saw in court is Liv made a great argument for us that we're the best tour. <laughs> the FedEx Cup is the pinnacle of golf. It's the road to get in the majors. Yes. Those guys that are playing there can't survive without our system. And so that's, that's really the battle is um, the, the golf organizations, the majors, really the second best tour in the world, the DP world tour in Europe, they figured out how to coexist. They haven't tried. We haven't tried to take over. We've made it easier for European players to play our tour, not harder. Right. We've made it easier for international players to get on our tour. Sometimes Americans like Colt and I go, Hey, wait, wait a minute. It's over half. The tour is, is foreign players. Maybe that's too many. So we've been agreeable and accessible on everything except people that come into the United States and want to play against our weeks on tour that is John Deere and RBC current sponsors. They targeted that early on. So I don't think there was any way that they wanted to get along or that they wanted to sit down and partner with us. I don't think that was ever part of the discussion. No, no one, Greg Norman, and I, I just don't think there's any way he ever wanted to partner with the PGA Tour. I mean, with the vendetta he has against you, them. There's... You can hear it in what he, what they, he says. They say, we're we're here to shake it up, to take over, to change golf, to, to... – he says things that are so untrue. He gets up there and says, we're a closed shop a few weeks ago. No, I know three guys and what you're offering them. Yeah. <laughs> you're begging them to come. It's not a closed shop. And then he tells, I could see it. You've seen it in the text messages that are released with Sergio. But he tells players they can't suspend you for one day, much less a year. Well, that's a lie. Yeah, it's totally guys not true. Suspended, guys get suspended all the time. Yeah, I want to go back because you brought up a few names. You brought up, you know, Hudson Swafford, Dustin Johnson, who I know you respect his game as much as anybody out there on the PGA Tour. And you're, you're the nicest guy out there. So you have no beef with anyone has your like any of your friendships um kind of suffered a little bit because of this live i know you and phil are very close um it, it's it's awkward um hudson and i have had two very um productive conversations i still disagree with him he still disagrees with me but if i run into him in the grocery store i'm gonna say hi to him and his kids and you know i'm not against people colt you know what i mean i'm not yeah. against yep. Uh, Dustin Johnson was the if you said who's your MVP of all your captains and assistant captains roles teams you played on Dustin Johnson is my MVP he left whistling straights an American golf hero he did everything he was asked to do plus he played his butt off plus he was the oldest guy was a team leader I am crushed that I don't have Dustin Johnson on this team because not because of golf because I want Dustin I sat Dustin out at at Hazeltine for Saturday morning. He hung up the phone on me when I told him he was sitting out. <laughs> I thought he was going to kill me when I got back to the hotel. And when I get back to the hotel, he's like, hey, Cap, we're going to play ping pong. Is that okay before the meeting? And uh, he's just like, nothing ever happened. You know who the first person was dressed and ready to go Saturday morning? Dustin Johnson. He rode with the captains to the golf course. He ate breakfast with us. He watched all the guys tee off. He was the best team guy he got a bad reputation, you know, for, for not caring or not trying or, 
not being a team guy. He was great. So was Brooks. Brooks did everything I ever asked him to do. Had to, had to twist his arm a little bit sometimes. But I'm going to miss my friends. But I disagree with – now, Dustin's not suing directly. He's not listed. But he's a part of a group that's trying to take down the PGA Tour. So I have to disagree with what they're doing. But if Dustin calls me up and says, hey, Cap, I need something, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to help the guy. Same thing with Hudson. Charles Howell, I haven't talked to him, but that just crushes me. He loved playing at Sea Island. He loved the RSM Classic. He lived down here for a while. I, I rode his kids around in the cart, you know, when he was winning. Um, it's just sad that those guys chose to do something other than the PGA Tour, and now we're in a fight with them. Have you talked to either of those guys or anyone else who has left about their experience since they got to live like the actual events? Do, are, do they genuinely like it? Do they miss playing on the PGA tour in front of um, more people guy, and things like that? He, only one guy. And he said, yeah, you know, it is, it is fun and it's exciting and it's different. And I said, you know what? I played a lot of golf with Greg Norman. He, he beat me a lot at a lot of different places. If somebody was pouring beer out of the grandstands into a guy's mouth on the ground, while Greg Norman was playing golf, he wouldn't have gone for it. If somebody rode by in a cart with music playing, he would have stopped what he was doing and they would have had to stop the music. So I, I don't buy all that. It, this is what Greg Norman always wanted. Um, but um, those guys say it's, say it's fun. They look like they're having fun on the plane. But you know what? Here's, again, they can do whatever they want. I don't tell them they can't do that. Um, if that's what Hudson wants to do or Charles Howell, you know, more power to you, you're in that right. But Fred Couples and I won a bunch of tournaments in November and December, and we got paid to play in them. And then we won them and won money. They were exhibition events. They were fun. Mark Rolfing put on a bunch of them, made me a lot of money, but they don't count. Sometimes people say Davis Loves won 37 worldwide events. Well, there are 16 that really don't count. The 21 <laughs> PJ Tour count. Four World Cups were great, but Freddie and I won that together, and we were paid to show up and play in them. So there's no problem doing that, but you can't. I we can't make a career out of the silly season events. And so, if those, that's what I would tell, and I've told a couple of those guys that left. You can go do that, and more power to you if you're having fun, but don't come back and sue me and the PGA tour to play in the players championship. That's not right. Yeah. And I'll say this, like, yeah, they might be having a great time. It looks like a lot of fun. Like you said, music, drinking parties every night, all this, but what we saw in Memphis this past weekend with Will Zalatoris, Sepp Straka battling it out the pride and how much it meant to Will Zalatoris to win that tournament. You're not going to see that over there. I mean, it's just, there's, yeah, you win a lot of money, but there's nothing to play for. Like, you don't earn anything when you win a tournament over there other than money. Not even close. I say they played three. Have you heard anybody talk about the, a shot that somebody hit? No. Or a putt that they made? Or all you hear is $4.75 million. Well, great. Patrick Cantlay won 22-something million on the golf course last year. He's a FedEx okay. Cup champion. He has a cool trophy, and they're going to talk about that forever because he won – the FedEx cup and somebody is going to win it this year. And I don't even know what they're playing for, but 
18 million, Davis, in case you're wondering. I don't know how much I won, but I won on the PGA Tour. Now I'm a member, you know? So that's what Tiger, Rory, why I'm speaking out. I want that for Davis Thompson, our tournament director's son, just made it onto the PGA Tour through the Corn Ferry. Jackson Bird's playing high school golf, wants to play at Clemson like his dad. We want the PGA Tour, like Tiger had, like Jonathan Bird had, like so many people had as an opportunity to play on the PGA Tour and chase Tiger Woods' records or Jack Nicklaus's records or Arnold Palmer's records. That's what's important. And I love – I don't know Max Homa that well. I've just gotten to know him a little bit over the last couple of years. The best line of the whole thing the last six months is Max Homa. You can't buy my dream. None of us stood on a, on a green when we were a kid and said, this is for $5 million or this is for $10 million. Yeah. This is to win the U.S. Open. This is to beat Jack Nicklaus. This is the kids now. This is to beat Tiger Woods, and they practice his fist pump. That's what it's all about. And Tom Kim and Tony Finau and Will Zalatoris and all the guys that have won lately, it was exciting golf. And yes, it was. Yes, and NBC did a great job showing that. And that's going to continue on. And it's just going to be, unfortunately, you know, the tour has moved on from a lot of generations. It's going to move on from Tiger Woods. Great golf is going to be played, believe it or not, without Tiger Woods. And yeah. Yeah. it's going to be Cam Young and Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler and Davis Thompson and whoever the next kids are. And it's going to be just as good. And the guys that left and went to live, if the tour's rules are upheld, they're going to move on from them too. And they can go do whatever they want. And it's not to say that live can't be successful in a place to play, but it is never going to be in 20 years that X guy won 12 live tour events and he's going to go down in history. I just don't see it. This this is my last question on the live stuff here, Davis, before we go into some President's Cup stuff. But I want to ask you because it got a lot of attention. You went on, you spoke somewhere and you talked about a nuclear option where PGA Tour players could possibly refuse to play if live players were allowed to play in tour events or majors, or et cetera. Having said that, do you think there are enough guys who are willing to take that stand to make that a viable option? Well, um, I didn't come up with that. That, that was kind of a, a dis- locker room discussion um, from some veteran players. And I really didn't say U.S. Open. Um, I was really saying, this was weeks ago, that if that court case, if the live golfers were successful and those three players were allowed to play the FedEx Cup playoffs, our our option was to say, all right, they are allowed to play. We're not playing. There was 30 guys watching Keith Mitchell's phone in the locker room in Memphis. I was one of them. There was a sense there of what are we going to do if these guys are allowed to play? Those guys are outside the gate circling, thinking that they're going to play. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It, Were, it, they really? Were they really outside the gate? It is unbelievable because I was on the plane with Hudson Swafford coming back from Memphis the next day. Um, <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if that judge said, look, I can't decide this that fast. We have to let them play. What would those 30 guys in that room, they'd have turned around and looked at Roy McIlroy and go, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been the most awkward situation <laughs> I've ever seen on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, I mean, that judge 
judged it well. It's just not right. You guys got paid more money to sign up for live than you would have won in the FedEx. And the greatest line she had is somebody can miss a three foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this lady gets it. They're not guaranteed they're going to win the FedEx Cup if she lets them play. So that is still an option. But I, my point was the players own and operate. They control the PGA Tour, not Jay Monahan, not Live Golf, not a court of law. We are an association of players, just like baseball. They have a union. And if they see something as athletes and as teammates and as pro ball players, this is not right. This rule change or what the league did is not right. We're not playing until we get it straightened out. They've done it a lot. It, it, yeah. It's option. It's it again. It's it's worst case scenario. But that's only if somebody outside of our organization tries to change our organization the players can put their foot down. We don't need to wait for Fred Ridley to do it for us, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you're right. It's The, the membership has a lot of say in this thing. I mean, they pretty much have all the say. Hey, they, voted, they voted on something in the PAC meeting at 3 o'clock today that is a fundamental change that will help a lot. I don't know which way it's going to go or it went. It has Then it has to go to the board. Um, Tiger, Rory, and a bunch of guys are going to – listen and talk in a meeting today some great ideas will come out of that it has to go before the board i sat in the boardroom for 19 years i know the system works it's what the membership wants sometimes you have to twist some guys arms and get them to come around on it but the board four independent directors four player directors sit in a meeting and decide what's best for the pga tour based on input from the players and that will continue on so a lot's going on today um, a lot will happen. We got a lot to talk about President's Cup that is live and is not live. You know, yeah, we don't know yeah. who's going to be on either team until after the tour championship I'll, I'll, on, in a lot of ways. I'll tell you this before and just just to help the people out there understand, like I was part of a rule change with the pack. I went in front of the pack when I had I was I had two separate surgeries and I went and I got a I got a rule changed. It happened. So it, it can be done. I mean, they can change rules if, as long as it gets voted on in in eligible access to the PGA Tour to what's going to happen if we do this in the FedEx. The players know better than the staff. Mm -hmm. The players, because it affects you, Colt, and it affects Brian Gay. Wasn't it, there was a rule last year that somebody pointed, hey, you're adding up the points wrong. Yeah, <laughs> You got you to go back and do this over. Um, my stats guys and I and um, Stefan Schauffele caught it Sunday night after will one they gave him point value for fedex points and we were supposed to allow for president's cup list it was supposed to be weighted towards a world golf championship event well three people that are not staff members <laughs> caught it immediately and called the tour and say hey you you did the points wrong so yes those suggestions from the players will go up through the mm -hmm. process and get voted on and changed if needed but, yep. you know, now now we're having to say what happens if if Trevor has his team set after the BMW, he's going to get his top eight or nine or whatever he's getting on points. And then all of a sudden, a week later, one of them's gone. He's going yeah, to do something different. He's gonna yep, to which could happen. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, 
it's no secret. I mean, the USA has absolutely dominated the President's Cup, and I know how much this means to you, being in Charlotte, and you want it to be a great competition. I know you want to win, but it still needs to be a great competition, and your team, I'm pretty sure, is going to be fine no matter what happens. On the other side, though, with Trevor, like, I mean, it's and – we, and we had him on the show recently. I mean, he's like, look, it's a pain – he basically said, it's been a pain in my ass, like, having to deal with all this. And I've, at what point, been, like, do you almost feel bad for what he has to go through with this? Or are you I in did, the same boat? I feel bad for him because when this all started and we were named as captains, I love Trevor's whole family. <laughs> you know, his dad has been great to me. His brother's been obviously great to me. I worked some with him. Um, I looked at it as this is going to be just like when I – was captain with Jose Maria or as captain with Darren Clark. It's people that I really, really respect and love being around. And now it's become a, a problem for both of us. And I've, I've tried as hard as I can. I'm trying to help him. Well, what can I do for you? You know, we're in it together until we tee off on Thursday that we're both trying to help and protect and, um, and build our teams. So yes, it's tough. They're always been behind the eight ball. You know, we've always had on paper the better team. Um, we've made some rules changes that that they wanted that try to help them. Um, you know, we go, go all the way to Australia, try to give them a home game. Um, so it's unfortunate. He's he's going to have twelve great players. I think our twelve are going to be obviously higher ranked and stronger, but they're going to use that for motivation. We have to be really careful to not go in there thinking, well, they lost a bunch of players and um, it's our home course and we got home fans. Uh, I think it's it's still going to be great. We're just going to have to get to Thursday afternoon playing golf for all this to kind of die down. Yeah, does that give you a little more pressure being that the U.S. team is so loaded? We don't know necessarily know exactly what will happen with the international team. And you're on home soil. It's like, yeah, the expectations are super high, but it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a no-win scenario, but like most people are expecting the U.S. to go out and just dominate. Yeah, it's, um, you know, expectations, I think, get in the way of professional golfers more than anything. You know, um, you show up at, you know, Tony Finau said it at um, 3M, you know, yeah. I'm the hang. I'm the highest ranked player. Um, people are expecting me to win. He still had to shoot whatever twenty something under par to win. So it, expectations get in our way. I think that hurts us in the Ryder Cup because on paper we're supposed to be the best team, but then we underperform and the pressure gets to you and you want to win. So yes, we we're going to have to manage that. That's one thing that we'll be talking to the team about. And then you got to realize some of these guys. Hopefully not, not any of them, but. On every team, there's a guy that only plays once. It's his President's Cup or his Ryder Cup. So you have to make the experience the same every year, get bigger and, and grander every time. Um, so I challenge my wife, Robin, is, hey, you know, we've been on a lot of these teams. We're spoiled. But there's going to be new people every year that we have to make the experience great for them. And um, so we're trying to get ready and, and be prepared for, Oh, the U.S. team, they're supposed to win. Well, we're going to have to use that to our advantage and work really hard. We still have to play practice rounds. We have to still be prepared. But you know what? You, they give you a uniform. Like Byron Nelson said, we get pants alike and bags alike. And When they give out the gear and it has the flag on it, our guys are going to be fired up and ready to play, and so will his, his guys. No doubt about it. And let's, let's talk a bit about the venue because I think Charlotte, I think this city is going to go nuts over the President's Cup. We see what they do 
at the Wells Fargo every year. It's one of the most well-attended events on the PGA Tour. What do you expect from that crowd in Charlotte? Well, they'll be loud. We're going to hear a lot of go heels, but there's also a lot of other teams around there. We're going to have a bunch of Wake Forest guys, it looks like. We got Webb for sure. And he lives on the back nine. And so we keep saying every time Webb asks a question, what are we going to do about this? I go, we're coming to your house. Yep. I don't blame come you. Over and, come over and babysit and, and hang out in your backyard. But um, the fans are going to be great. The build out is incredible how much stuff they built there. It's just the first tee is just unreal. Um, it's going to be loud and exciting. You know, they've changed the routing of the course. So the green miles, 16, 17, 18, is now in the middle of the back nine. So everybody pretty much will get to play those three holes. And it's just massive superstructures in there. Um, a lot of risk-reward holes. Um, I think it's going to be exciting golf and uh, loud crowds. And, you know, then you got – Michael Jordan and all the pro sports teams there. You got NASCAR. They're just a, it's just a great sports town and they've been fired up for it for now for three years. So they're going to be ready to go. Could we possibly yeah, get to that see, important question? Hold on. Could we possibly see no. any baby, any Carolina blue slide into the, the uniforms? Yeah. And thankfully Tiger brought that out in, in 19, he had a Carolina blue shirt. I think they wore okay. it. On Sunday. I think they wore it on Sunday. Carolina blue, and then uh, flip the head cover over when you see somebody's bag. Top okay. will be the head cover over. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to do that. <laughs> Did it make uh, your like, job easier as captain, being that there are no Duke guys on the bubble for the squad? Yeah. That, I, I feel like that would have to play a role. That's – that's, you know, if a Duke guy is playing really well, though, we, we, like, um, we like guys that are putting good. So, But, no, I, you know, somebody asked me, few weeks ago do you have a problem with all this wake forest stuff i go not when it's wills outsource and cam young i played with them at detroit and it i sure i'm sure people said that about me and when i came out on tour but it's astounding the golf shots those guys hit plus they putt great but holy cow the drives they hit and the, the irons you know i could if Cam cut a five iron in, in, <laughs> into a par three, I could draw a four and get it on the green. It was only one club difference. But off the tee, it's just a joke how far they fly, how pretty they hit it, and um, no spin. Um, you know, my caddy, Jeff Weber, caddied for me for a long time, caddied for a lot of great players, John Cook and David Duvall. And he's seen it all like me. After nine holes, he went, these guys are the future of golf, aren't they? I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had your group. They're that the day. current, too. I had your group that Thursday afternoon, I believe, in the places they hit their drive. I mean, you're still not short by any means. And I'm, like, sitting there with the microphone. I'm like, thank God I don't play this game anymore. These guys are driving by 80. I, I, I was three under through five. You know, the short holes. <laughs> I got off to a great start. And they got off to a rocky start. And I went, well, this is going great. And then I had – an in and out burger stretch where I went double, double. And um, then I got the swinging so fast. I hit it so bad. I hit it really good the next week at Wyndham. I, I screwed it up to miss the cut, but um, it, they put me in shock <laughs> after a while. It's another level, man. Oh, it's it, crazy. And they all, 
they all do it. But speaking on that distance that they all have, one of the perks of being the, the home captain is you have a little influence on the course setup. Are you doing anything or making any changes to the course setup to accommodate what your boys do? Well, one, Johnny Harris and his team, you could show up there anytime and that course is ready for, for major championship golf. So you don't have to do much. Um, a little bit lower rough because of the time of year. I am because I think that match play, you don't want guys chipping out and um, playing U.S. Open style golf. It's more fun to watch guys make birdies. Um, the, the mowing lines are a little bit different than the tournament. They're kind of going around the bunkers. So the ball kind of run out, maybe running the bunkers rather than running into rough. Um, but no, pretty much like you've seen the Wells Fargo, the greens are have so much slope and undulation and they're so fast that you'll probably see very similar hole locations to the, to the Wells Fargo tournament. Obviously there's a, I have to pick, pick a couple more cause it's not just four rounds of golf, but um, no, it'll look a lot like, well, just the order of holes. And if I can get it right, we play one through eight, like normally we play. Then instead of playing nine, you skip over to the 12th hole and play around through 18 will be 15. And then you play 10, 11 will be 16, 17. And then number nine will be 18. So a little bit different order. And um, <laughs> I think uh, lower rough is always good for our team. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> it's saying gonna be agreed. I'm not saying that agreed. they hit it crooked. They just hit it so far. It's, it's hard to get it in the fairway. So we've always got to be complaining. We've always tried to do that is a little bit lower rough. So it'll be first cut. What do they, what do we have to say at Augusta? It's not rough. It's, huh? It's the second cut. It's just the second rough. cut. That's what we're yeah. going to have. Second, second cut. cut. Yeah. There's no rough in Augusta. Can't there's say no rough. divots either. There's no divots. There's no mud ball. There's no, oh, there's no mud. There's no nothing. No mud yeah, ball. It's just perfect. Quail Hollow is like a mini Augusta. You know, the way they run the tournament. They have an incredible um, club staff incredible agronomy staff and um it's just going to be i don't know i think they got 50 acres more somehow at quail in the last couple of years because there's just more parking lots and more space and um it's just incredible it's gonna be a great venue um like Johnny i said Harris is a powerful man once we get to that once we get to that week it's going to be game on it's going to be very very exciting I agree. Well, this is about to be exciting because we're going to do the emergency nine with Davis Love the third real quick. We do this with all of our guests. These are just fun questions, nothing serious to get to know a little bit more about you. And we ask this to everyone, Davis. Okay. It can be anyone for a day, dead or alive. You get to be them for a day. Who, who would it be? Um, I would be Jack. I would be Jack Nicholas, And probably – um off the golf course mm, interesting i think i think he led the most interesting life of a of a great because i know him know his family um just like walking his shoes for one day to be that to be that good at something <laughs> i think Can't i argue with the that. first jack we've ever had oh, out yeah. of all the golfers i thought you might say you'd be greg norman tomorrow and just shut the whole thing down. <laughs> That's How about Max Homo? Max Homo was asked that question. He said, I'd be Davis Love the third. I'd pick me for the President's Cup. Yep. Genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, That's he's smart. Sat, he sat with us in Detroit, uh, Amanda Balionis and, or Amanda Renner and I, on that set on 15. And Zach Johnson went through it. He's like, oh, Captain, you look great. 
God, people don't talk about how handsome you are. <laughs> wow. Right. Are you getting more hair? Is your hair growing back? Oh, I love it. All right, Jack uh, Nicholas. Go ahead, Slee. Max knows how to kiss up in the right time. All right, here we go, Davis. As you start designing more and more golf courses, you know, the same way Pete Dye has the railroad ties as a, kind of his signature, do you think your signature could be the exploding sprinkler head? <laughs> uh, yes. I'll never live that one down. Um, thankfully, it's so Arnold, good. Arnold Palmer covered for me on that one, and I didn't get in too much trouble. You didn't even That's hit it that hard is the crazy thing. No. I've seen way worse, and nothing happens. You just, like, you flicked it, and all of a sudden, Old Faithful erupted. <laughs> uh, somebody, some player just mentioned that to me, and they said, the best thing about the whole thing is you made the putt. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> and then you got a bill, right? Yeah, I got a bill, and it was like parts were seventeen ninety five, and then labor was like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mister Palmer. That's awesome. Yeah. It ain't cheap but, at Bay Hill. But I know we're, we'll never get through this nine questions, but he came to the media room, and he explained it away to me and to the media, and made me feel better, so I could go play the next day. <laughs> That's Arnold. Because he's the best. That's yeah, so you still awesome. had to go play. Yeah, yeah I, had play, I had to play the, the final round. All right. Well, we know you're a proud North Carolina Tario. Who's your least favorite Duke basketball player of all time? Who'd you hate wow. the most? Um, as a basketball player, it'd probably be Grant Hill. Oh, okay. Mm. Seemed like he always he always made too many shots against us. But I, I love Grant Hill. As a Duke basketball player, I, I don't want to see any more of his highlights. <laughs> okay, fair. I met Shane Battier, by the way, a few weeks ago. What a nice guy he is. I know he's a blue devil. Hey, you, know what, you know what the problem so is, nice. like Kevin Streelman? They're all really nice guys. You can't <laughs> – Mike Krzyzewski came and spoke to the Ryder Cup team. I, and I've always liked him, and now I really like him. So – but you know what? Well, damn. I, I've never been a, <laughs> I've never been a, a fan that doesn't like – other other teams um i've always i don't pull for i don't pull for duke but i also don't pull against them if you know what i mean well damn that's disappointing for one of my upcoming e9s i'm gonna have to okay. do a quick audible here <laughs> but uh, i'll go to the press i'll go back to the president's cup here for a minute even though they are a very formidable duo are you at all concerned about pairing xander shoffley and Pan patrick Cantlay together based on the fact they might just get a little too emotional out there <laughs> um you got to wind them down. They're they're one of they're one of my teams that I would run them out there until they tell me to stop. I I, I love those two guys together. That is. I don't know. I'd let I'd, I'd let either one of them order. Duo. They're great. They're great at uh, restaurants and and ordering food and. I've learned a lot from them. They're very interesting fellas. Just one, just one yeah, they're two. just a little too wound up. <laughs> you know, just got to bring it down a couple notches, boys. All right. Um, my next one, Davis, I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago, but Ryder Cup captain and myself, Zach Johnson, played a little bit of a joke out there posting a picture of me and him with the Ryder Cup saying I was going to be an assistant captain at <laughs> next year's Ryder Cup. And it, people kind of ran with it and they kind of liked the idea. I need you to please convince Zach to do this. I, I need to be a part of this team. What do you think? Well, a lot of people told me that um, that Zach was mad about that. 
And I know Zach <laughs> wasn't. He got a big laugh about it. And thankfully, since you found his wallet that same day, um, he owes you one. So I think anybody that can pull off like that and save the day, um, he might need you. See, that's one thing we always got to remind him is I did find his wallet that day. Yeah. And you've done it a couple years. You've done his pro-am. You've come out there and supported his charity. I think he owes you. There it is. It's done. Did the wallet have any cash in it when you gave it back to him? No, no we, we, that's not a. We don't need to worry about that. We cleaned. Just up. happened to be empty, Zach. This is the way I found it, bud. And your black card was missing. I don't know what the. But here it is. Here's your Kroger card. Uh, <laughs> all right, I got to do a quick audible here since um, you answered one of them basically. All right, give me this. Outside of golf, has anything made you happier than UNC beating Duke at Coach K's last game at Cameron? Um, in in sports. That was in the top three Braves World Series. Um, and our buddy Adam Wainwright um, from St. Simons for the Cardinals closing out the World Series are my top three. Mm. Okay, right there. That's like, like a it. Super Bowl or national championship, basically. Okay, fair. All right, Davis, you're kind of the godfather of Sea Island down there. I mean, you got tons of great players down there. Now, I've asked this. This will be the third time I've asked this question, and I'm very interested to see if the trend continues. But when you all you tour guys get together and play some money games, who's your favorite guy to beat out of money down there that lives at Sea Island? Um. Well, does it have to be a, a somebody with tour status? No, no, just any of the professional golfers. Drew Love. <laughs> your own son perfect <laughs> Patton Kazire has been the answer every other time Patton hates he hates <laughs> and you know what during COVID we played a bunch of two three four groups I learned about Venmo because I was winning money <laughs> where's the cash where's the cash and Drew goes no dad you have to do Venmo I'm Love. with you I like the cash yeah like cash, the cash is way more painful it's yeah. way more painful to watch him hand the cash than to Venmo but no um it's Drew, Drew, ask Grace and Sig or these guys. Drew beats everybody. Like Higo came here before he went to Congaree and played for, and Drew was, hey, I met this kid, Garrett Higo. He's, he looks like he's pretty good. I go, how'd he play? He goes, well, I want some money off of him. <laughs> Drew, Drew, <laughs> Humble Drew, Drew on the island, um, you don't want any part of him. But I, I always tell him, I can beat you if we could find some yellow ropes and put them up. <laughs> I can't ever win if there's not ropes. But um, I like that. Yeah, Patton. Patton's a, a tough. He, he's I, unfortunately lately I haven't gotten in in very many games. So there are a lot of good ones here, though. There's a lot of great players. There are. We could have we could have we could have some Presidents Cup guys sneak up here at the last minute too. Poston and Harmon yeah. playing well. Uh, your top twelve looks pretty okay i wrote them down and i you're, you're not gonna have to stress too much with your captain's picks it looks you're like. doing God. you're doing okay i'm gonna you stress gotta on who to call and tell them they're not playing that's the only thing i'm stressing on that's a tough one are you mentally prepped for that yet because there's some dudes that can make an argument and great players have a great couple years but you gotta do to, that eventually i've had to make some really tough phone calls obviously they're all tough but, is that um, the hardest part about being the captain it's it's, it's awful um, it really, I mean, I had to call Bubba Watson twice and tell him we didn't pick him in one Ryder cup. You know, we had, we picked three and then we waited a, a week and then we picked another 
guy, and I skipped over Bubba both times. That was really hard to do. He was number seven in the world and number nine in Ryder Cup points, and we skipped him. Um, wow. Those are hard. Those are hard phone calls to make. Um, but the, you know, guys are expecting. You know, Ryan Moore wanted me to tell him two weeks before the Ryder Cup that he wasn't on the team so he could relax. I said, no, <laughs> go play the go play the FedEx Cup. You might win. And sure enough, he got he got picked on the team. So I've got guys like that. They said, what do I do? Should I play Wyndham to keep you happy or can I just wait and get ready for FedEx? I go, no, you run your offense until you run out of tournaments. And then I'll tell you whether you're on the team or not. I want you to win the FedEx Cup. That's the best way to get on the team is to keep doing what you're doing that got you close. And um, I've told that to a couple guys and they played, they played well. So um, recently, so hopefully those guys keep doing it. They've got two more weeks, you know? So. I like that. Run well, your offense. That's points, good. points can't really change a whole lot. Our stats guys tell me there can't, there's not a whole lot of volatility left, but you can impress the captains even if you don't make it into the top six or the top 12, right? Um, With nice gifts and nice play. <laughs> yeah. Bribery goes a long way in this world. Have you, is there anyone on the team you, you feel comfortable enough calling, telling them they didn't get on the team as a prank, but then being like, kidding, gotcha. You're on the oh, squad. That is they wrong. Could, they yep. could handle that moment. Uh -huh. That's what Tony Finau did that to Boyd a while back. That's I think it, was, it wasn't the president's cup. It was incredible. Is there anybody on the squad you feel okay doing that with? Yeah, there's a couple guys. <laughs> Maybe do that. Maybe do that and record it. <laughs> there's two. I keep texting this this group, and the, and one of them keeps shooting back. So we're on the team. <laughs> you can share with us who that is. Say, I'll, I'll share new, fo new phone. Who it is? I'll share with you. I'll share with you later. It's easy. It's one of the top twelve. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. Got it. May Two of the top. 12. Maybe record hey, that. If we took the top 12, I've, we've been saying this for weeks and weeks, months. If we took the top 12 right now, we're, we're pretty solid. So uh, your 12th yeah. guys, Cameron Young. Yeah. I'm, Cam you're Young's your 12. <laughs> you're fine. He's a good 12 man. Good anchor. He's 12 in points. He might not be 12 in our rankings. Yeah, that's fair. But you know what? Yeah. Um, back, to, back to picks. We're getting off your nine, but you might go outside the top 12 because we've got, like I just see three or four pairings already. They're just laying there for us. But then you might have one guy that doesn't have a guy and the guy that's the best partner for him might be 14th rather than 11th, you know? So um, we do a lot with our stats guys on, on matchups and um, who plays alternate shot better than best ball and who, who hits on the odds and who hits on the evens. And so if a guy's looking for a partner and he might not be in the, in the top 12, we might have to go outside of it. But um, right now I like the, I like the 12 as we're sitting. I don't blame you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So please, was that your eight or you so, got one? I got, I got one last one. Okay. I, I got one more. Uh, Cause I'm going to give you the chance to set the record straight here, Davis. Cause back in 84, when Michael Jordan swiped your driver from your bag and broke it, He's claimed all along that this was a setup and you guys set him up with a driver that was going to break. Do you want to clear up, clear that up right now on that, the record? That That is not true because that was my gamer. <laughs> and um, I did have a decent backup, but not a great one. So people that never played with wood, they would get a crack in them and we'd re-whip them with the 
yeah. black whipping stuff. I had that thing whipped as far down <laughs> as I could. It had a crack in it. It was going. Um, if you don't hit it in the middle of the face, it's more tendency to crack. <laughs> and he hit it right in the heel and it broke. But he set me up, though. I got a summer of 85. Um, a friend of my dad's gave me a Roger Cleveland driver that Roger had made for him. And I used that driver from the summer of 85 until 1997. So oh my God. the replacement mm. driver uh, made me a lot of money, won a lot of tournaments. So once again, done in your favor, MJ did yeah. a great thing. That's what he, he does. Yeah. You owe him. No matter what he does, it comes out great. Yeah. All right. Last one. And this doesn't work as well since you don't hate Duke as much as I thought you did, but I'm going to ask it yeah. anyway. Okay. You're going to get like a Mike Tyson face tap. Okay. You get to choose whether it's the Duke blue devil logo or the shark Craig Norman logo. Which one are you going to go with? Duke. <laughs> yeah. well, take some time. Take some time and think about it, Davis. Don't commit. All right. We, we were at a tournament. I don't know which one it was recently. And the volunteers were wearing um, the oh, shark logo. Yes. Uh -huh. and one of the volunteers says to me, I bet we don't have these next year. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, DL3, it's been awesome, my man. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for all you're doing right now. I love how much you're speaking out about this and best of luck at the president's cup. Uh, we'll see you in Charlotte. Yeah. Thank you guys. You give us a platform and these are fun. Um, I really enjoy doing it. I've been looking forward to it for a while. We'll have a, you we'll have it. a recap at the end of the season. Sounds great. Done. Holding you All to right. it. Done. Thanks Davis. Go get him, Cap. Guys. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Davis. Love the third joining us on golf sub bar. The man has been very outspoken. He does not like live. He does not like what Greg Norman's trying to do. I mean, this is basically ripping apart Davis Love III's President's Cup, more so Trevor Immelman's, but it is, uh, it's it's not been good. Both of these guys have had to deal with stuff that I don't think they ever envisioned getting into it. Davis Love is in an unfortunate situation where, A, the squad's already loaded. B, it hasn't been pillaged as much as Trevor Immelman. I mean, Trevor Immelman, like, right now, probably doesn't know what's going to happen, and he's got to have contingency plans. It's going to be really interesting to see where he goes. But, yeah, the good news is that build out at Charlotte appears to be huge. The fans are going to show up. It's going to be good. But Davis, uh, Davis Love, I'd rather be him right now than Trevor Immelman because he's going to have to, you know, scratch something together with all these guys that are have already left or are reported to be leaving. There's going to be some Carolina blue in the uniforms. I imagine mm -hmm. MJ himself will be there. Gotta be. I know he loves these team events. But just to show you how he thinks about Greg Norman, uh, he'd rather have a Duke tattoo on his face than the Shark logo. That says something, doesn't yeah. it? I gotta think that's about the worst thing. Um, in the world as a, a diehard Carolina guy to have a little Duke tattoo. But I, I like top. this side of Davis Love. We know him as just, you know, the, yeah. the constant gentleman, one of the, you know, best representations of the PGA Tour. Here he is. He's being very outspoken. I like it. Well, he's defending his ground. I mean, that's what you expect. But, like, the live guys are going to do whatever they want, whatever they can do to make that tour the best. The PGA Tour guys are going to do the same thing. He's been about as devout as a PGA Tour guy uh, as you could possibly find. But, yeah, for a long time, it was like, consummate gentleman of the game, all this stuff. And now, all of a sudden, he's got his fangs out, and he's he's – He's going a bit. Um, so, yeah, props to him. He's doing exactly what, what you would expect a guy that's been a lifelong member of the PGA Tour to do. Yeah, a lot of fun talking with Davis Love the third. All right, well, now it's time to get to some gambling with our guys over at FanDuel. The golf season is over, and if you followed our picks all year and you put 100 bucks on each pick, uh, you netted a very, very small pr profit. But, hey, the good news is we both were in the positive. Turning a profit in gambling, that's hard to do. Yeah. That's a profitable business. Now we get to go Might to football have 41 cocktail for a minute where we really, really thrive. This is where we know our shit. It oh, is time fuck. to get to some football. And FanDuel wants you to be ready for game day when college football kicks off this week. 
Right now, new customers can get $150 in free bets, guaranteed for week one. Just place a $5 bet and you can get $150 in free bets, win or lose, all kinds of stuff. We got a couple of big games. We got Oregon, Georgia, Notre Dame. Are they playing? Ohio State. Oh, in Ohio, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Also, about huge spreads on those yeah. games, being that they're the biggest games. They're still monster Two versus five, 18-point spread. Here we go. Notre Dame, your, your school, number top five. Top five in the country. My school's coming points. up. My school's coming up. All right, so lots to get to. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. And by the way, FanDuel is now live in Kansas starting September 1st. All you Kansas people, all you Jayhawks, Wildcats, it's time to get amongst it. And you can now bet with FanDuel in Kansas. All right, so let's, let's get to it. We're going to give you our favorite football bet of the week. This should be good. This should this, be really this good. This is where we really make money. I'm 1-1 one one to start the season, so... As am Once I. Again. Hawaii let me down. All right. Well, would you like to start it off? You want me to go? I'll take the lead here. Uh, I'm going complete homer pick here. Because all every sports fan season, no matter if your team was dog shit last year, you start off optimistic, and that's what I'm doing here. I got my boys from Funky Town, TCU. New coach, by the way. We picked up this guy. We just God. stole him. Stole him from our little brother uh, at the end of last year. We've been your daddy the last couple years. He's heading to Boulder to take on the Colorado Buffaloes. By the way, we're like half my friends from high school uh, ended up going to college. We've been waiting on this game for years and years. It's a little later than I would have liked it, but we're 13 and a half point favorites. We sucked ass last year. New coach, new offense, new everything. Still don't know who the quarterback's going to be. 13 and a hook, though. I hope we win by 42 so I can talk shit to all my friends for the next decade because we probably won't have to play them again. But um, I'm saying I'm going straight homer pick. TCU minus 13 and a half. Win or lose, I can't wait to see y'all's TikTok afterwards. It's going to be really cute. Oh, there'll be something hot from the locker room. Who's this, Who do the ponies play? I have no idea. Is your field... Uh, Our field was underwater like last week, so I don't 17 know. 17 at Sawgrass. I don't know. I was more focused on how I can make money, and this one I think is going to be a lock. Oh, okay. You're going lock? I'm going with a team that is trying to make a big first impression. New coach, new quarterback, going to come out slinging. They, they think they're probably going to be one of the best teams in the country, and they probably will be at some point. They're huge dogs to or huge favorites to Rice. 33 and a half points. But they got head coach Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams in at quarterback. I'm going the to they're gonna roll on like a Trojan. USC Trojans minus 33 and a half. Wrap them up like a Trojan. That's you know right. I mean? That's the saying over there, I think. So here we go. Can't wait to see. I mean, it's, a, it's a huge spread, but I just think first game Lincoln Riley wants to come out and just be like, I'm here, I'm not messing around. Wrap them up, Trojans. They'll be airtight. Guaranteed. Right. And once again, welcome Kansas to FanDuel. Can't wait to get amongst it with you guys. Yes. And the app is so easy to use. There's always hooking you up with great odds. And when you win, you get paid fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel app today and sign up with promo code SUBPAR and place a $5 bet to get $150 in free bets guaranteed to kick off the college football season. Once again, that's promo code SUBPAR. Must be 21 years older and present in select states only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets. Expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG or 1-800-NEXT-STEP, or text next step to 53342, Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, or 1-877-STOP in LA, or in Louisiana, sorry, in 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, or 1-800-522-4700 in West Virginia, or in Wyoming, or visit at 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Got That's all that? It. That's it. And if you're in Kansas, don't worry about anything. Just start sending it.
My God. Welcome to the party, Kansas. The water is warm. They like to get a Good monster time to bet in Kansas. against your football team if you're a Jayhawk, and then wait till a couple months, and you just fire on your basketball team every time. You just got to, like, survive football. Yeah, you just short them every single time, make a bunch, and then you got a bankroll to play with come basketball. Well, Easy. we got a lot of great guests coming up, but that's going to do it for us this week. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.